You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the episode five of the second season of the DNVR Nuggets' Serbian Corner. My name is Miroslav. I'm calling from Pančevo, Serbia. And today I'm going to be joined by a couple of Nuggets diehards. But before that, let me just briefly summarize what have happened around the Nuggets in these last two couple or two weeks since you've uh, last heard me babbling about them. I'm not going to speak about the Jokic disrespect among the peers nor about the NBA changing the order of the all-star players picking just so him and, I guess, Laurie Markkanen could be picked last for the all-star game. I guess guys like Donovan Mitchell, Zion Williamson, and, of course, European colleagues Sabonis and Dontrich should be considered as more of a hipster new wave kind of stars who are allowed to step out of bounds and say that Nikola Jokic is a deserved soon-to-be three-times MVP, and more so the actually the actual best player in the world. Instead, I'm going to speak about big news that came from Belgrade on Monday. After 18 months of qualification matches, after 41 different players represented Serbia due to insane levels of miscommunication between the NBA, the FIBA and ULEB, which is a fancy name for the organization that owns EuroLeague, The national team of Nikola Jokic's homeland used their final chance and after beating Great Britain in the Ranko Žerovica Arena in Belgrade, qualified for the FIBA World Cup. That will happen from August 25th to September 10th later this year. These dates are important to remember because of my dream, my birthday wishes for Nikola Jokic, uh, for him to win both Larry O'Brien trophy sometime around middle of June, and then winning the gold medal with Serbia on the World Cup. Basically, I hope Nikola will have about 60 days of rest between, let's say, game six of the NBA Finals and his first day at the national team's training camp. Now, I know what will some say. Are you insane, Miroslav? Can't he skip the World Cup after playing in the NBA Finals? And I have news for you guys. Going forward... Playing in the finals should be the perpetual goal. And at the same time, according to my calculations, Nikola will need at least two gold medals. And one of those should be from either World Cup or the Olympics to be able to earn enough Miroslav points and become the greatest Serbian basketball player of all time. And that's an even bigger dream of mine. World Cup is actually the better chance of getting that gold than the Olympics since the USA teams for the World Cups are usually very beatable to the best international teams. I will need Nikola to suck it up, win both trophies this summer. Well, technically the NBA Finals are still in spring be- before the summer solstice, but you get what I want to say. Suck it up, Nikola, and make both of your fan bases infinitely proud. Okay. Now it's time to invite my first guest for today. He is a guy well-known by every user of Nuggets Reddit, but also by everybody on the Nuggets Twitter. He is an artist that combines everything about the Nuggets with movies, music albums, general meme stuff. And you can support his work by buying his shirts and print. His name is Alec Gwynn, 
but many people know him as just Lurk. What up, <laughs> Alec? Uh, Miroslav, how are you, my friend? Uh, this is your podcast debut, right? That is correct. You finally were the one to wrangle me onto uh, onto the mic, so here I so am. So thank you for letting me take your podcast flower, then. Oh, by all means. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wouldn't want it from anybody Sorry else, to be honest, everybody. Miroslav. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if you have to describe your experience with the current Nuggets season in one word, what would it be? I'm putting you on a on the, on Confident. The I would say confident. Um, even in the tough losses we've had, I, I haven't felt the lows that I've felt before. You know, haven't haven't been depressed for the next three days uh, after we lost a big game. Even the Philly game, you know, I was okay by Monday. So uh, <laughs> I definitely feel confident about this team. And, and there's something in the air uh, here in Denver that you can tell uh, this is a special team and, and they might go all the way. I appreciate tons of content we have nowadays about the Nuggets and the other NBA teams. So this actually helps me to to understand that it is a marathon. You need to, even in an awesome season, you still need to lose like 20, 22 games in a regular season. Sure. Perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, it, there's always going to be bad losses, right? Uh, even though we expect to, to have none at the start of the season. <laughs> Yeah. So let's start with the basic. When did you become a Nuggets fan? And do you have the same level of enthusiasm for other Colorado teams? Sure, sure. I think, you know, uh, right as Mello was leaving was when I really started to pay attention to the Nuggets. And then that 2012-13 uh, season was I, I probably went to 15 home games and we didn't lose a one, which was nice. And that really got me into them. And that's how I found Nuggets Reddit from there. Uh, and then yeah, I tried to get into the abs. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fan for 16 games a season in the playoffs. But uh, since the Broncos won uh, their championship, I have I've kind of fallen off on them as well. Uh, not, not an easiest organization to root for in the first place. And then obviously the Rockies uh, might as well not exist. Uh, it's basically, a, it, we, we call it the theme park for transplants here. Uh, if, you, if you move to Denver from somewhere else, uh, you're going to have a great time watching your baseball team at, at Coors Field. So. Okay, that's 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 really interesting. Tell me, what is your favorite Nuggets team? Like for these last 10, 11 years, you've been you know keyed on the most. Gosh, that's tough. Uh, you know that I think it was around twenty seventeen with Gary Harris, Will Barton, uh, Jamal Murray on the on the emerge when Monty Morris first came in. So maybe right when he was first getting minutes, uh, but. You know, I kind of just view it as, as Nicola's era, right? Uh, it, it's there's nothing like it, and uh, every one of his teams has just been a version of his style of basketball in one way or another. Do you have a favorite Nuggets player that nobody was high on? Gosh, like, like a like a niche guy. I, you know, I thought Eric Green could play when we when we traded uh, for Cash and Eric Green for Rudy Gobert's pick. Uh, I was like, oh, this guy he can shoot. He was the best shooter in, in NCAA or whatever that year. Uh, no, he he didn't make it less than a year in the NBA, and then not that long overseas either. I don't believe. Yeah, that's 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 a pretty pretty good take. <laughs> I'll be honest. I haven't been to Nuggets Reddit for several years. I remember it being a pretty intense place. But I've heard from several sides that it's now actually a very nice place to be in and enjoy company of Nuggets fans. How would you describe the Nuggets Reddit experience today? And please sell it to the entire audience of the podcast. Well, sure. It's um, it's a very enthusiastic group. Let's let's certain of that. Uh, you have to uh, really be into the Denver Nuggets to spend your time during the day in an internet forum talking about them. But I think the biggest thing is the community. Um, the community has grown significantly over the last four or five years. And that's part of just uh, internet fandom of the NBA growing, I think. But uh, we, we've really sprouted up. And I think part of the value of Reddit is that it's an aggregator. It's a link aggregation site. And so when you have people submitting under with, with no monetary incentive to submit content or submit ideas and submit memes some do uh it, it really is an organic place and i think that's uh, its best attribute now when when you men mentioned the memes where do you get the inspiration for your art and what was i wish the i design? knew because i'd be making more yeah 
<laughs> so what was the design that was the hardest one for you to create? Gosh. Um, you know, I think that uh, the Serbian triumph I did when, when Jokic won his first MVP, um, I found and uh, paid for a, a Roman triumph painting of, of Julius Caesar. And uh, having to, to, to accurately recreate that, because that's what I really enjoy doing is recreating posters, recreating pieces of art and trying to make them look as, as similar as possible. And uh, doing that one was easily the hardest, but one of the most proud of and uh, definitely didn't sell too well, but I, I was really proud of it. <laughs> it's beautiful. I, I absolutely love it. And by the way, people listening to this, you should know that Alec has very competitive shipping prices. So even for the orders to Serbia and other European countries, they're quite cheap. So, so go yeah, check that was it a out. Big, that was a big thing for me when I started the store. Um, the company I used to, to fulfill every order has uh, shipping in Latvia, in Spain, in Australia. And so that, that's why it's, I'm able to ship there affordably. And even though, you know, I'll take a bath on taxes, uh, If I can have somebody wearing my shirt in Germany or Poland for zero dollars, that's fine with me. You know, it's something I take pride in. Yeah, uh, you know the 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 t-shirts that come from for Serbia to Serbia are from Latvia, and I'm pretty sure one of the one of the Bertans brothers is probably making them because I don't know how many people are, are there in Latvia. So yeah, <laughs> certainly. That, that was a very bad. Joke I don't know why they picked like, Latvia to have a manufacturing facility, but it's worked great for my sales in Serbia. So, yeah, it works like a charm. I'm and it's actually, cool. It's cool to be able to have support from around the world. You know, uh, I'm right that's, now. That's one thing about it. Yeah. Right now, I'm waiting for one of the the, the newer designs to come to my. I place. saw. I appreciate your support, my friend. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that goes back to talking about the value of Reddit and the Nuggets Twitter as well, and just the community is how international it is. Um, You know, we have we have fans so many in Australia, Serbia, England, all over the world, Mexico. We've got a good number of Mexican fans now, and it, it's great. So excellent. Beautiful. Let me introduce the other guest for today. He is my favorite Nuggets podcast voice, always very articulate, and I guess loud. Most of you know him as the Pickaxe Podcast from the Pickaxe Podcast with his friend Zach Mikash. Movies are his big passion, but the Nuggets will be the end of him. Welcome, Gordon Gross. That's me. I, uh, <laughs> you're like, you're, you're my favorite guy to listen to. And I'm like, oh, but I hate my voice. I listen back to my own podcast and I'm like, it sounds terrible. So I'm glad that you like it. That's, that's good for me. That, that helps me out. How are you doing these days? How, how are you uh, enjoying the, the current uh, uh, final stretch of the of the regular season for the Nuggets. I mean, I'm ready for the playoffs, but all these games are fun. These this last week has been kind of like playoff time anyway. You know, they played Memphis twice, uh Cleveland once and then, you know, we'll not talk about the Rockets because that's not playoff basketball. That's like a scrimmage. But it's been great. I I'm I'm loving all of this because <laughs> I've been around fandom a, a long time. Um I've been watching basketball since the mid eighties. So you don't get to enjoy this for very long. Like we're, we're well into Nicola's amazing tenure with the nuggets. Like this is not, he didn't just get here. You know, he's 28. It's not going to last another 15 years. Like enjoy this. This is, this is the time. So enjoy every game. I'm, I'm soaking them up. Because there's going to come a time when he's gone, and I'm not going to be able to say, watch this guy do this crazy thing. We're not going to have that opportunity. So I'm taking them all now. I'm enjoying them now. If the, Nug if the Nuggets are going to have an 82-game season, you know, because the NBA doesn't want to cut down their games, I'm going to enjoy the 82 games then. You know, that's the, uh, you can't stop me. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, at those magic numbers they have to, to lock the number one seed in the West. And man... I think it's possible we'll see like last three three games of like uh, I mean I don't know what to think about those last three games because you might see Nikola Jokic for instance playing only in the first halves of those games but I right. don't think Michael Malone right now wants to do that. He doesn't well, Michael Malone doesn't want to <laughs> Michael Malone plays people numbers. 40 minutes in the preseason. Like this <laughs> him him taking a, his foot off the gas is so antithetic to everything that he is. 
you know, uh, my big concern with Malone this year was whether he was going to be able to um, sacrifice wins to keep Jamal Murray he- healthy. And so far, the answer has been no. <laughs> He's He is not. I mean, Jamal's already been out with, like, his other knee. Um, and then he's playing a ton of minutes recently. Just a ton. Guys out with back spasms plays in Houston the next game. Do they need him to win in Houston? No. Does he play in Houston? Yes. Why? Because Jamal's a competitor and Malone's a competitor and they can't let it go. And that's a huge strength unless something bad happens. And then it's really, really annoying. So I'm trying to hope that like Nug Life stays away for another four months. Like, just give me these four months. I, I would even say that he actually sacrificed some wins at the beginning of the season by playing Jamal too much. Well, that may be. <laughs> or maybe he's stubborn. I mean, Malone is Malone is one of his great strengths is that he does not care what other people think. He doesn't care. Him and Jamal share that. The that's, that's, they love that. Well, that's why they're those guys are probably the best coach player fit, just in terms of they understand each other. They are both the same kind of competitor. You know, they don't have other interests in the in the sense of you know, you know, if Nicola retired tomorrow, he would be playing you know basketball occasionally and doing horse racing a lot. You know, if Jamal Murray retires tomorrow, he's going to be on the court tomorrow. Like that's just Jamal. You know, so I, he's a hooper, Malone's a hooper. That's just how it goes, man. That's, that's their life. And I love that for them, but I just want them to be safe. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Best of luck. Best of luck with that. No, I know. It's just like watching a car crash, right? You're like, just get through here. I just make it through this stretch, please. So in case you weren't sleeping in the backstage, You've heard my little rant about Nikola Jokic making the deepest of runs in both the NBA playoffs and FIBA World Cup. Do you guys have any feelings about my ambitions, ambitious play for him? I, you know, I was hoping this that season? Nikola's that the, the Serbians were gonna lose that last game. I'm not gonna lie to you. Because then Nikola doesn't have to play. If if they're in it, he should play. I'm with you. Serbian. But if they had blown it, I would have been like, oh shucks. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I, think, well, and I think, you know, getting to know Serbians, uh, I, I've come to understand how much it really does matter to them. And if yeah. they're, they're going to wake up at 4 a.m. to catch our games, uh, the least I think I can do is allow uh, my feelings, to put my feelings aside for, for the Denver Nuggets and let them have Jokic for a few months. Listen, I, right now I have this, this relationship with the Nuggets where my day begins with their game. Right. So it's either a great game because of a win or a shitty day because of the loss. <laughs> yep. But multiply that by 100 with the national team play. Yeah. Because last time Nikola was, was playing before, actually before last year, that was the 2000 and uh, what was it, 19 World Cup when they lost to Argentina and Faco Campazzo. Yep. In the quarterfinals, and I was like not speaking to my family for five days after that. So <laughs> that was tough. <laughs> I, I love the fact that, that Serbians take it so like they have their whole chest into those games. I love that. Um, it's one of the reasons why when they're like, "Well, Jokic, you're going to be phased by playoff atmosphere." He's like, "Come on, brother. I played in Serbia. Like the atmosphere in our games. Yeah, you don't compare to that here in the states. You guys are tame." And I, they're not wrong. Like, those games are ridiculous, and everybody is up for those. Every minute of those games, everybody's up for. And like I said, if if he is able to, he should be playing. Um, because it that's the one thing that he can give back to, uh, to Serbia. Um, I mean, holding an NBA trophy is one thing. Um, but uh, bringing a gold medal home obviously means the world to his Serbian fan base. Yeah, it clearly means so much to him to to perform for his country. And you could tell how much it it hurt him to get the negative reaction he did when his baby was being born and he was kind of rehabbing his injuries uh, when he sat out that last time. And uh, you you can tell how much that truly means to him. And, And both are equally important, to be honest, because I don't want only for him to be the best Serbian player of all time. I want him to be the best European player of all time. And that's why he needs at least Two Larry O'Briens. I hear because you. We have Dirk, we have Giannis, we need two at least. So at let's least. start with two and, and we'll see 
from there. <clears throat> okay, last night was fun. The game against Memphis yeah. was really, really fun. Nuggets Too are fun now... for John Morant, but yeah. <laughs> I guess so, man. It oh, kept man. going on in Denver, apparently, yeah, till late, late in the night. He needs some better advisors, man. He, you cannot just hang out with your boys, you know, from your childhood. You need somebody grown up to 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 control you. I so hope the Nuggets, he gets a mentor. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, yeah, the, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You you had a great tweet about it. So the Nuggets are now forty five and nineteen. They hold a six games advantage over the Grizzlies for the one seed in the West. Well, we'll see for how long because Brandon Clark is now. Uh, so out tough. for a year, probably it's it's yeah. really really bad news, and add add to that the the suspension of uh, Jamarant and the, uh, also suspension of Dylan Brooks, even though it's only for one game, and now maybe the Clippers might might win a game with with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> the Clippers Russell, might right? win a game finally. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if the, the 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 Grizzlies will actually stay at the number two seed, but. Six games dif- distance is really huge. It's five in the last column if you want to be super um, conservative about it. What's your uh, concern level about the matchup with the Grizzlies right now for the playoffs? If it's in the second round in the Western Conference Finals. Alex? Let's start with Alec, yeah. Gosh, <laughs> you know, my basketball opinions matter so much here. Um you know, I think with, with Steven Adams, uh, Jokic has always handled him pretty well. And so, I, uh, well, he's a big influence for the Grizzlies uh, with a lot of other teams. I don't think it'll make as much a difference. Uh, losing Clark certainly hurts as well as another big body to, to throw out there, which seems to have worked uh, sometimes with Jokic. But uh, they're just immature. And, and and the Nuggets were like this at one point, too, in terms of being inexperienced in the playoffs. And uh, they, they don't concern me as much as uh, some of the other teams of their caliber. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. My my concern is not necessarily with Memphis, and that has nothing to do with whether they have they uh, can be a great team. They can be, they will be in the future if if Jaw can keep it together. Um, but they don't have the offensive stability to score with the Nuggets for seven games, and they haven't shown anything. I understand they pasted the Nuggets in in Memphis, but that was a that that was more on the Nuggets than it was on Memphis. Um, they're an incredibly talented team, but I don't think that they match up especially well with the firepower Denver can throw out. Um, I mean, Denver butchered all of their early shots last night and still uh, one going away. You know, the second those shots fell, it was over. It was over. Uh, and, and certainly so I, years I past, they couldn't handle that, right? Yeah. yeah. My, my concern is actually with the Kings, um, and that's simply because Malone plays tight against the Kings. So, <laughs> so true. It matters if to he him, wins, man. He's gonna have to, he's gonna have to wear purple at some point. You know, he's you can't gonna, just ignore he's gonna one, have to break one color. Yeah, <laughs> because it's it's one of these things where you know the the Nuggets always have this thing when they when they play the the Kings and they just can't get out of their own way. And it it's I don't need that in the playoffs. Um, the Kings are kind of like the Kings are weird because they're such a a great. Uh, offensive team and such a terrible defensive team um, that the Nuggets can score with them, but they aren't stopping anybody and they're definitely not stopping Nikola. So the Nuggets should win that, but the Nuggets have to get out of their own way. And so with Memphis, it's more about maturity. I mean, you have those concerns with Sacramento too. It's weird. Everybody the Nuggets could possibly play has a, has a concern about maturity, really. I'm looking forward to possibly meeting Kings because I think it would bring the beast out of Jamal Murray because <laughs> yeah. now he he feels like Darren Fox have moved past him in the in the tiers of players at least sure. for the large audience and that was something that was unfathomable unfathomable to me because because I was always super low on Darren Fox but I, mm. even I have to admit he's having a heck of a he has like eight eight straight games of 30 plus points or something like that it's really 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 good so last night we've seen something new we've seen aaron gordon with jamal murray playing with the bench guys reggie jackson bruce brown and jeff green i believe and two things i want to hear from you guys 
How do we feel about Gordon at the five? Was it just a result of Thomas Bryant getting hurt? Uh, uh, and should we grow our hopes of seeing it again with a healthy roster? And secondly, how awesome was it to have Gordon and Jamal deep frying the combined lineup the Grizzlies had at that point? It yeah. was beautiful to watch. No, man, it was it was beautiful. And it's uh, I've been banging this drum for so long about the fact that the Nuggets have to do one of two things. You you have to play either Murray and another scorer or Murray and a guy that can cut to the hoop and do other things. Like, they don't have either of those things on their bench that are working for them. Um, and so when you took that um, understanding of how to play together with Gordon and uh, and Murray and you put it with the bench guys who can just fill in around it, it worked beautifully. You know, uh, there are going to be games where I expect that to be, you know, Jamal and MPJ and you move MPJ maybe to the four because on against bench lineups, he's going to be the biggest guy in the court. Probably, you know, you might as well play him at the four. Uh, the nuggets can do these things. And if you have two starters, at least they have a connection. The problem is with Jamal Murray coming off the bench or with the whole bench, the bench doesn't have a connection to each other yet, which we've already seen. And Jamal doesn't have a connection to any of them either. So you have the same problem you have with Bones where the point guard's just trying to do everything. And if the shots fall, that works. And if it doesn't fall, you're behind. Uh, and this way, at least you had some chemistry. And that's what I want. So I'm hoping, I hope it's not just because of injury. I hope that the Nuggets figure out that they should be putting multiple starters on with the bench. Because, look, man, Jokic, like, you know, is winning playoff series with guys that are on 10-day contracts. You know, like, I don't... <laughs> Uh, he can carry the starters for three minutes at the end of the first quarter. It's okay. You know, go ahead and flip some guys to the bench time. Aaron Gordon was exhausted when they had to do that with him because of the injury, but he played awesome. And I want more of that. Uh, Alec. Yeah, I certainly wonder. Do you trust Malone that he'll just say, oh, this was really good with Aaron Gordon at the five. I should just start doing this from now on or do we uh, certainly not uh, if we know anything about Malone is that he it takes him a long time to come around uh, on these things even if he does always come to the right conclusion most of the time uh, I, I wonder if last night they showed their hand a little earlier than they had planned with yeah. Aaron Gordon at center because you heard uh, Calvin talk about it a bit and with Thomas Bryant going out I think they kind of forced themselves into showing that and it, it worked like they, they imagined it did so uh, we'll, we'll definitely see it a bit, but I wouldn't expect it too much in the rest of the regular season unless they have to. Right. Yeah, showing their hand, but they need to practice it a bit. You got to get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my thing is, is you don't want to be hitting the playoffs and being like, let's try something we haven't done before. Like, you know, just make it up as we go. I mean, because the problem is, is that Malone's a comfort guy. And if he hasn't done it before, he's not going to want to do it later. That's why I want the hockey shift no, to change certainly. now. I want him to get used to what do they have like 18 games left? I want the next 18 games for Malone to get used to. Right, this is when I pull the starters. This is when the other starters go back in with the bench, and I'll figure out what that you know the ratio is supposed to be. But that's the plan. If they hold off on that until like game 81, I'm not going to be real thrilled about it because those are the things you want to get right for your for the playoffs. You're still going to be playing 10 guys during the regular season or whatever. But and you'll you'll narrow those types of rotations down, but at least get the principle out there, you know, so that you can get your guys ready to play. Because what happens if you get an injury in game eighty one and none of those bench guys are ready to play? Nobody's ready for this plan. Nobody has any idea what's going on. Just get ready now, please. I'm begging you. Last night was a good example of how it works, how it's supposed to work, and what I want to see. <laughs> It's going to be tough if he just wants to aim for the number one seed overall in the league. If he wants to beat Milwaukee, that has mm. like a two-game gap right now on, on the Nuggets. If he well, wants they to do lost that. In how many games now, right? Yeah, they won they 16, 16 in a row. In a row. So, so like, I mean, yeah. if, if they never lose again, it's not really a problem, I guess. Yeah, that, that will help. That will help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, excellent. I've prepared... A nice presentation for you guys. But Ooh. before that, we'll take a short break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And we're back. Let's now go to the tweet of the week, in my not very humble opinion, and it comes from Gordon. I see. Not surprised. You're trying to to embarrass me in public. I see how this works. I thought it was going to be his own tweet, to be honest. So this is is a surprise. (laughs) I'm not that shameless, guys. (laughs) I'm close, but not, not. Okay. So Gordon said, age at first title, 27 years old, Steph LeBron, 28 years old, Isaiah Thomas, DD, old Isaiah Thomas, Shaq, Jordan, KD, age 30. Wilt, 31, Hakeem, Dirk, 32, KG, Big O, 33, Dr. J, Admiral, Jerry West. Okay, Jerry West was a long, long lasting loser, but yeah, what you gonna do? <laughs> Jokic is 28, had a bubble playoff and two more where his team was wrecked with injuries. The idea that he is behind schedule is silly. So I wanted to to speak a bit about this because we keep hearing from the famous national analysts that he he's never done anything in the playoffs and no context added to that, of course, because why bother? <laughs> and we don't require need, analysis. Yeah. We don't want to to put shame on birds and wilts and you know. Uh, the third guy, uh, guys that have won three consecutive MVPs. Uh, Russell. Yeah. Ra- Russell, Bill Russell. So giving three consecutive MVPs to this nobody that have achieved anything by his age 28. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, how, can we, how can we explain why are these people doing this? Do we, do we have a take on this, Alec? Uh, you know, you know, um, I think a lot of uh, the, the problems of the past people bring up, you know, oh, Jordan didn't get his three or LeBron didn't get his three. They want to take that out on on Jokic uh, and and say, well, he, he doesn't deserve it because of this. And that the same goes with him not winning a championship yet. Uh, they want to say just because it hasn't happened that way in the past doesn't mean it has to happen this way in the future. But I imagine Gordon has some more nuanced thoughts on it. Well, it, the... The hot take area just means that it, you have to find some reason to to argue against him, and arguing against him by on the court product is getting much much harder. So you're going to have to argue legacy. You're going to have to argue if this guy retires tomorrow after winning three MVPs and he's never made the finals, can you really put him up there? You're putting him in the pantheon of NBA ball players. Can you do that? I mean, this is the same argument they have with advanced stats, where they're like, uh I don't like that this stat says that he's the best. And you're like, okay, well, I can explain the stat to you. And they're like, I don't want to hear what the stat is. I just don't like the fact that it says he's really good. And people just have a problem understanding that he breaks the game the way that he plays it. Um, That having a seven foot point center doing triple doubles, you know, every other game, it makes it really hard on defenses. 
And they'll fall back on, you know, he's not a good defender, which is weird since the Nuggets are actually a pretty good defensive team. And, you know, they're a great in, you know, net, net rating. Like, that's that's their bag, is that when he's on the court, they're amazing. If their bench played anything like it played last night, he is... <laughs> He, their, their teams would be, he'd be sitting every fourth quarter. He'd be sitting every yeah. fourth quarter like, I don't play. I don't need to play. And people would take that as a knock on him. He's not even playing fourth quarters. Look at his minutes. <laughs> They're down so far. <laughs> I, You know, winning is weird. It happened to Giannis. People seem to forget that. But Giannis went through the same stuff where people were like, nah, he can't play. He's one-dimensional. His offense isn't good enough in the playoffs because he can't shoot. You know, that's not going to, he's never going to do whatever they thought he was going to do. And then the guy wins a title and then they all shut up for a second, you know, and they're like, now, now Giannis is their guy. And for some people, if rings are your thing, then yes, Nicole is not your guy. I get it. But the idea that he's never going to win a title is really weird to me. And with Giannis, it was, he's never going to win a title in Milwaukee, that he needed to go to LA, that that was the narrative was that he needed to move. You know, they don't say that to Jokic. They're not like, Jokic has to get out of Denver. You know, they just say that he can't possibly be this good. It's not fair. It doesn't make sense to me. And I, uh, for me, he's right on schedule. He's 28. He's right in the heart of a bunch of guys, you know, who came in with his kind of problems. Steph came into a team that didn't hadn't won anything in a bunch of years, you know, and they had to build their roster around Steph. LeBron came to a team that hadn't won anything, you know, and they had to, he had to leave eventually to get a, a roster where he could win something and then came back and they won it there too. But Jokic is in that, that style where his play is unique. What he does is unique and you have to figure out how to make it work and stay healthy. And the nuggets are at that point. Now, I don't think there's anything to complain about, but apparently other people like to complain about stuff. <laughs> I have a so much of this. Oh, yeah, go sorry, ahead. sorry. Go ahead. Oh, just so much of this concern about legacy, I think, ignores uh, why I like watching Nicola play so much, and it's the joy of basketball every mm-hmm. game he plays. Um, yep. It's 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 enough, you know. Whether he never wins a trophy, whether he never wins another MVP, whatever it may be, getting to watch him play basketball for my city is is more than enough joy uh, for me. Oh yeah, I have a, a proposition for the talking some talking heads from the ESPN because. It's, it's unfair to say it's the ESPN because there are so many great, great analysts on the ESPN yep. working. But to those that really wants to push the narrative against Nikola Jokic, just make a new rule. Like in the All-Star game, the same coach cannot coach the All-Star team twice in consecutive years. So just make that rule and, you know, the current MVP cannot be the MVP of next season. And everybody will be happy then, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Like, gosh, whatever. That's a simple fix. Yeah, great. Make it a rule. It's a simple fix. Well, and the thing is, if if you're unhappy about it, you know, they're like, well, Nicole didn't deserve it in previous years. And I'm like, okay, go point out to me who did. Like, it, and, and I just make your case. I'm fine. Like, he already won those years if it's really bugging you. But, uh, you know, Giannis has a strong case this year. If Giannis can stay, you know, healthy, if Giannis can play the rest of the year and, and not be completely beat up, like, uh, yeah, Giannis's teams are incredible. You know, they're better without him than Jokic's teams are without Jokic. But Giannis has plenty of strong, you know, uh, categories in which would make him a very strong MVP winner. I don't have any problem with Giannis beating Jokic out for MVP. But the idea that it's that it's ludicrous that Jokic is involved in the conversation is really odd to me. Like that's that's and that's and when he gets accused of stat padding, that was the thing. He doesn't care about I he I care about the MVP not at all, and somehow Jokic cares about it less than me. Like Jokic is actively angry at the MVP, but that guy like the only thing that got under his skin was when somebody's accusing him of not playing the game the right way. And I, you can't do that to him because that's, that's his pride and joy is in making sure that the team plays the right way, that they win the right way, that everybody isn't a selfish player, that you pass the ball, that you do your job, you know, and everybody does. And, and he gets glory out of it. And I think sometimes it makes people think his team isn't as good as they are. Um, like if they win the title this year, they're going to have multiple all-stars next year. And it probably won't be because they're playing better than they played this year. It'll just be because, oh, well, they won a title with a key. Can't be the only guy. 
You know, he's going to help Aaron Gordon's Hall of Fame candidacy. Like, <laughs> you know, if Aaron Gordon gets a couple of three MVP or a couple, uh, you know, all-star appearances and all NBA nods, all of a sudden Aaron Gordon goes from meh, you know, for his early part of his career to being like, oh, yeah, that guy was good. He was just trapped in Orlando. Uh, he changes narratives. Jokic changes narratives on players. And that's what I'm hoping to see going forward is those narratives continue to grow. My favorite current hot take is that the Nuggets currently have three Hall of Famers on the team. They just need to win three championships. <laughs> so we'll realize that. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Well, but I mean, that's, but that's the thing, right? I mean, championships get you the resume. You can be a great player without a great resume, and it's very and it makes it much more difficult. You know, Golden State, if if Clay had played for Minnesota, uh, is Clay a Hall of Famer? No, is Clay a Hall of Famer because he plays and has won titles and has been perfect in his role? Yes, yep. but that's exactly what has happened. He's an amazing shooter who's also incredible in his role and helped definitively win multiple titles, and that's what the Nuggets are looking for is to carve out that resume for their other non-Jokic players. Jokic is a Hall of Famer today. Like, that's done. We don't, we don't have to talk about that. That's over. Um, but for other guys, for their legacies, for, uh, that's what's going to happen when you get rings. You know, Jokic becomes an inner circle Hall of Famer with rings. That's what's going to happen. And people are going to be mad about oh, it forever. God, but if he wins multiple rings, that's it, man. You're in. <laughs> It's, oh, it's how many jerseys so are going to have to retire to our rafters too? You know, we've got a pretty low bar here <laughs> with Doug's wins up there. Uh, so if we win a ring, I guess KCP's up there, Murray, uh, you know, Vlatko, gosh, uh, might as well hang them all. I'd be okay with that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it will be the first championship in what, 40 something years in the NBA. So it should be celebrated properly. I'm all for it. Bring him all in the rafters. That's right. Uh, one last thing I want to ask you in this segment. Um, I like to look to the future too much. I admit that, but I can't help it. How sure are we that Nikola Jokic's peak have already started? And for how long can we expect his peak to, to last? Now, we know he has a five-year max, super max coming up this July, so he will probably not retire before the end of that contract. But realistically, we are talking about the third MVP right now, and the fourth MVP would be like uncharted waters. It never happened in the history of the league. But we are talking about a guy that will always be top three in the MVP, unless, of course, he's hurt for extended period of time or something like that. How long can we realistically expect with his uh, speed and quickness and uh, leap, leaping ability for his uh, extended peak to last? Well, gosh, you know, uh, if there's one thing I know about Nikola Jokic is that you can't uh, overestimate him. Uh, ever since he started playing basketball here in Denver, he has exceeded expectations wholly. So to put a cap on him now, uh, after all he's already accomplished, would be the most foolish thing. So uh, the sky is absolutely the limit. Give us five. Give us six MVPs. I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, his everybody's everybody's peak is normally determined by how well you can keep up athletically with your peers. Um, you know, you you start losing peak when. Uh, you know, like John Morant, like when he loses that first step, that's going to be a problem for him because he doesn't, he's going to have to develop that MJ fall away, which MJ had to do because he couldn't drive by guys that easily anymore with bad knees because he got them from jumping in the air all the time. You know, uh, Jokic doesn't jump anywhere. Jokic doesn't hurt himself. Jokic jogs up and down the court and then, you know, hit beats people up on the block. His arm scars aren't going to like, you know, weigh his arms down too much for him to lift them to get shots up. You know, his touch is not going to go away. I mean, that's the one thing that we know about great players is the one, the last thing to go is your touch. Ray Allen from a wheelchair will be able to hit threes. <laughs> like that guy will be in an old folks home, hanging out on the porch and he will just switch everything. So uh, like Jokic's touch is his gift forever. So 
is it going to come to a point where he can't play the kind of minutes and carry the kind of burden that you would expect? Yeah. I mean, that every, that comes for everybody, you know. But as far as what makes him great, his vision, his ability to score from anywhere, you know, uh, that stuff's with him forever. You can't take that away. It's one of the reasons that, you know, LeBron has been great forever is that the things that make him great are really hard to stop. You know, you, you're you not getting a guy whose ability to dunk goes away and now his shot's a little broken, he can't make it work. Like, Tim Duncan couldn't shoot. So, I love Tim Duncan. He's the greatest power forward in the history of the game. Tim Duncan was the worst three-point shooter you ever saw. Like, just a clank machine. Um, and he was not great from the free-throw line. It wasn't his bag. His bag was doing amazing things six feet from the rim. Uh, all the time. And Jokic will have that too. He's also bigger than Tim Duncan. So how long you want it to run? Jokic, Jokic can play his game forever. If he wants to like play basketball for Serbia when he's 44 years old, they'll probably win a silver medal because he's just uh, off the bench. He'll just be like, yeah, bring me in for 20 minutes. You know, I got this. I will pass. I will do ludicrous things. Everything will be fine. So no, if, as, if he stays healthy, I have no concerns about that. His peak will be long because it's not built on the things that vanish when you turn 31. I don't know how how much is it, you know, publicly known, but Arvidas Sabonis, when he came to the NBA, oh. he he had both of his Achilles yep. destroyed before yep. he came. Oh, I didn't even know. I thought it was just his knees. Yeah, gosh. No, no, no. It was, it was he had, he had, both. He had Achilles problems. Yeah, both oh. of them. So basically. If he came to the NBA in his prime, he would probably be the best center in the league, like yep. in the in the late eighties. Oh, they no, knew no it when, when they it. played when the US played those teams. They knew that. Like that's the reason that he got drafted, and that Portland waited around forever. They were like, "It's fine. Whenever you get here, it's fine." He wanted to come earlier. His team wouldn't let him, and then they his team botched the surgery. Yeah, um, so, that, yeah, that, that Madrid, caused his yeah. problem. If he'd been in the NBA, yeah. he would have had a much healthier career. It sucks. Yeah, and why I brought up Arvidas is because he is the guy that was awesome even <laughs> with two bad Achilles yes. and bad knees because he was such a great player with great touch, with great feel for the game. So this Absolutely. is this is what I held, what I expect from from Nicola, unless of course he goes full on, you know, horse racing in his. Well, that's the thing. How long you want to play, right? He said he's never yeah. playing as long as LeBron. He's like, I will not be doing that. <clears throat> you know, does he want to watch his daughter grow up? You know, is, if his kids are going to be, you know, what, whatever he, whatever age it is that he says, I'm just going to go, you know, play with the horses while they're at school. And then like when they get off school, we'll hang out. You know, whatever that age is that he determines to do that, he's just going to hang it up. And I don't have any problem with that. He could play till he's 40 and still be an effective player. You know, assuming no injuries, because his game is not going to vanish. But I don't expect him to do that because he has other things that are more of a priority for him, especially once he hangs a banner or two or three. Like that's all I want is the championship and to have been able to say I saw him play. You know, it's I I used to uh, I lived in Seattle when uh, Michael Jordan was winning championships. Um, they, the last few of his championships and I, I would buy tickets. I loved the Sonics. They were great. Um, but I didn't buy tickets to watch the Sonics. I watched, bought tickets to watch Jordan to say, I saw him play in person and you have no idea what that was like. And I'm going to be telling people that about Jokic too. I saw that in person and you have, you can't possibly understand how great this guy was. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just phenomenal. like, uh, just like when uh, people around Denver are telling me about uh, David Thompson, you know, yep. every single old head I've ever talked to says he could take a dime off the top of the backboard. You know, that's his, that's their go-to story. So yep. it, it, when special players are around, you want you want to be there and, and remember it. Certainly. Right. He's given, he's already given us that. It's been awesome. All, like the last thing left for him to do is to hang the banner that no one else could hang in Denver, you know, and that's it. And if he can't do it, that, you know. If he can't do it, maybe nobody can. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you might be cursed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nug yeah. might win forever. We might be eternally. Nicola versus Nug Life. That's just the ultimate uh, the yeah. ultimate beast you must slay. He's our right champion, there. right? Like we're like, look, our previous champions weren't good up to the task, but this is the best we've ever had. Let's see what happens. Okay, yeah. let's let's now go through hopefully some fa- fun uh either's ors. So I'm gonna give you look at this uh beautiful graphic. Okay, so D line so good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all me. It's a great font choice as well. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather play against the LeBronless Lakers or against the Timberwolves who would be forced to play both Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert in the playoffs? Um, I'll go first. Uh, I'll take the LeBronless Lakers. Um, I would much rather just rub it into the Lakers' faces that Anthony Davis is not that guy. Yeah. And uh, nothing will prove it more than watching Nikola just take him to town uh, over the course of four games. So, uh, yeah, that, I'll go with that. It's same. And that's just simply because the media would be like, well, the Lakers, even without LeBron, have a chance. And the Nuggets would be like, no, you don't. <laughs> and they're like, well, we're going to play eight on five. Yeah, we never hear it. The Nuggets like, I don't care. Like that in two years, they're going to be saying, Remember when they took one game off of Jokic without LeBron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We never hear the end of it. Yeah, it'll be a gentleman's sweep, probably, because we'll be like, eh, I feel bad for you. Here you go. But I, I give me that. And that's simply because the eyeballs will be on the game. Like, nobody's watching the Timberwolves Nuggets because they're going to assume the Nuggets are going to win, you know, and all that doesn't matter. You know, Jokic could go for 50, 20, 20, and they wouldn't talk about him. It would be about whatever the LeBronless Lakers are doing somewhere else. So yeah, give me the Lakers, give me the eyeballs, give me the the pub and and let Jokic go ahead and drop them in the ocean. That's totally and, fine. And give me and give me thousands of Lakers fans in the stands in Denver. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful. Yep. Like going 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 out after third quarter. That's just, that's just just imagining them sitting in traffic for forty minutes on the way out. I just, <clears> it, it warms my heart. Exactly. Enjoy <laughs> that. L. So many else. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> And I think with the Timberwolves too, you know, like they kind of did themselves in, you know, I don't have a lot of uh, angst or ill will towards them as I did, you know, in the summer for taking Tim Connolly because, uh, you know, it hasn't gone well. So uh, it would be good to beat them, but I, I think it would already just to reaffirm what we already know. Right. Yeah. And I, I kind of like bad other teams. Like <laughs> I, I feel like, oh, they're, they're nice. You know, they have nice culture. They have nice nice players there i enjoy watching them and then as soon as they become good like memphis for instance at least for a moment yeah, exactly i hate them <laughs> right away okay next either or who would you trust more in the playoffs vlatko and christian brown or reggie and thomas Bryant? like if you would have to pick I would take I would take Michael and Brown. I and that's simply because they've been with Nicola longer. They know how to play with him. They know how to play without him. Reggie doesn't know how to play with Nicola, and he doesn't know the players he's playing with well enough to play without Nicola. You know, Bryant's not going to get to play with Nicola. Both Vlatko and Brown can tr- can play with Nicola. So, like, I don't. That's you know, the problem is is that the roles that Reggie and um, and Bryant need to have. Uh, those are not um, easily combined into playoff basketball um, if they don't get it right right now. So right now, I don't trust them, and I would definitely be playing Vlatko and, and Christian Brown. Yeah, this certainly could change in a couple weeks. You know, I think uh, Malone's probably going to give uh, Reggie and Bryant uh, a few more games to try to work something out. But and because I mean, Reggie does have the pedigree of, of being in the playoffs and knowing that that intensity and knowing knowing the the competition, uh, which I think Brown might struggle with. You know, he could he's he's a he's a winner and he's been in big moments, but he could get shook a little bit. But right. uh, I'm taking Flacco, man. Flacco's he, he's played in in the most intense uh, games in Europe and. And he just he plays such a fundamental style of basketball that you can't go wrong with that guy. And he was so good in, in Europe too. Like his games for Slovenia are just awesome. Um I mean he played he played playing with Luca and you're doing well and, and, and Luca's his supporting cast at that point. So yeah, right. it's great. Yeah, I think I think we can expect both Reggie Jackson and Thomas Bryant to be in the playoff rotation mm-hmm. in game one. And I'm not sure we will see them in game two or three. So they, he might 
Game one and a half. Play, yeah, he, he might want to play those guys, and at the end, he'll just probably. I mean, honestly, it's the best case scenario. If Reggie and Thomas can be better than Vlatko and Brown, we're good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I like sweet, that plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty uh, sweet. Being injury free for any teams would be tough, so having that kind of replacement would be fantastic. But and, and you know, Gus Malone doesn't have the relationship like he's had with other players with Reggie and Bryant, so I'm, maybe he'd be a little more uh, interested in cutting them early if he if he needed to than say a Will Barton or Jeff Green right. or whoever. It may he, be. He's not he's not three years invested in guys who have gone to battle for him. They got right. him a few games ago. Yep. Or Demarcus Cousins, you know, per se or something. If you didn't know, they they were friends once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Revised history. If Tim Connolly listened to Nuggets Twitter and drafted Desmond Bain, would they now be better with him instead of KCP? Now, I realize they could have had both, but let's pretend they could have had either of these two guys. Would they be a better team today with a border borderline all-star? Desmond Bain. Go ahead, Al. Gosh, you know, I can't really speak too much on Desmond Bain and that I, I saw his T-Rex arms when in the draft profile and I, I was out on him immediately. So that was one of the most wrong <laughs> wrong takes I've ever had. Uh, but uh, KCP, his, his pedigree and his, his maturity and, and his experience, I think, uh, is super valuable to this team. And so it's hard to replace that even with a, even a better player in Desmond Bain. I... I would say they would be better with Bain, but that's because they still have Monte Morris on the bench. So <laughs> if you didn't have to trade Monte Morris and he's running your bench unit, you're doing fine. Like that, that would be, they would be better for that. It's not necessarily that Bain is a better option than KCP. It's that because you didn't draft Bain, you had to go give stuff up. It's the same thing with um, uh, wh- when they had to go acquire Aaron Gordon. You know, and they had to do that um, because of their offseason. You know, uh, once you can't retain someone's services, then you have to go ahead and and make it up. And so they traded extra draft picks, you know, to go ahead and make that happen. Um, I don't have a problem with that. Like you, it, not everything works. Um, that's not a it's not a knock on anybody. It's just that not everything works. Um, and so I wish everything worked out all the time and that you didn't like, you know, draft, uh, uh, Yusuf Nurkic and then have to trade him for nothing because he was throwing a fit about the fact that Nikola Jokic is amazing. You know, it's not that, you know, Jeremy Grant wouldn't have fit. Jeremy Grant would have fit. That would have been great. Um, is Aaron Gordon better than Jeremy Grant at what the Nuggets need from him? Probably. Probably, but would it be better to have the extra picks? Maybe, you know, that you didn't have to give up. But in this case, yes, I think they'd be better, but it's mostly because of Monte Um, and trying to find somebody to run the bench has been a freaking nightmare. And I would love to have Monte back just for that purpose. Gosh, Monte and Plumlee might just win the whole thing right away. right? (laughs) (laughs) So run it back, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a homer, man. Just run run it back. back. (laughs) Nuggets fans are super super divided on on uh, plum dog because you know we we remember how good the bench was with plum dog in the regular season but then the that that there there's that last shot uh from well gosh he's shooting left handed now so who knows you know what his ceiling might be so <laughs> true okay let's run now through some uh through these last ones so first one when the nuggets win the championship when not if Whose first appearance would you like to watch more? Nick Wright's or Mark Jones's? Explaining what happened. Um, I guess I would take Mark Jones because he's probably willing to be wrong. Nick Wrong is not willing to be wrong. And yeah, so... He would just spin yeah, it around the ground. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, it, and it's a shame because Nick Wrong is right on a lot of things in life. He seems like an all right dude. But uh, when it comes to his, his Nikola Jokic takes, uh, it's just not it. And I don't see him walking that back anytime soon. Right. Uh, Mark Jones, he'll just be pissed about it. You know, he'll admit it, but uh-huh. he'll, just be, he'll just be very upset. And I'll, I'll be there for that as well. 
<laughs> okay, next one. Who will average more assists per game in the playoffs? Nikola Jokic, whose current playoff average is 6.4, or Chris Paul at 8.3? Now, this is not an easy question because, you know, if the Nuggets have a longer playoff run than the, the Suns, for instance, you know, Chris Paul could be awesome in round one and just do not play after that. Round. Right. That's tough, man. Um, yeah, uh, yeah that's real tough because... Uh, the, the shooting that, that the Suns can provide come to the playoffs still hypothetical at this point, right? We really haven't seen them do too much. But uh, Jokic is on a tear with his assists, and he's got the best shooters around him that he's ever had. And so, it, you know, seeing that number 6-4, it sounds low, right? Uh, but it's it's because Jokic has had to carry so much of the scoring load yep. uh, over the last couple of years. And and when you're passing to Austin Rivers or whatever, it's, it's a little different than KCP. But uh, Chris Paul's curse, so I'm going with Jokic. There you go. Um, also, Devin Booker is going to have the ball in his hands a lot, whereas Jokic will have the ball in his hands the most of anyone in the playoffs. Like the Nuggets are not going to go away from the Nikola Jokic offense in the playoffs anymore. I know Jamal's probably going to do very well in assists in the playoffs, but I still expect that Jokic will top Chris Paul in that. I need Jamal Murray's double-digit assists in playoffs. I right? need them so much. Well, it's funny, right? Like when, when they drafted Murray, my thought on Murray was he is not ready to be a point guard. There's, it's not going to happen. Like I'm glad he got drafted to the Nuggets, but they need they should be playing two shooting guards with Nikola Jokic, you know, and let's see how that works. Uh, you know, and they've been doing that, and it's been working. But uh, you, I will say that Jamal Murray's ability to be a secondary point guard off of Jokic has been improving every year. Um, I, I yeah, still don't, don't tell George Carl. <laughs> why well, I still don't, I still don't think that he's ready to be a point guard of a Chris Paul type anytime soon that running an entire offense, um, isn't necessarily what he's great at. Um, but I don't think Dave Blair is great at that either. Like, I, I think, we haven't asked good, him, you know, we haven't asked him about that. Yeah. So, I, I don't think anybody should like uh, when you can score mm-hmm. like that, Chris Paul can't score like that. That's why he passes like that. You yeah, know, do you want Dame team. passing the ball up, or do you want him shooting the three? Yeah, right? do you want <laughs> Dame getting 70 because he, he can't miss, or do you want Dame being like, I feel like you should shoot this? No, <laughs> you should shoot the ball. No, CJ, take the shot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dame. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one for, for today. Who will average more threes per game in the playoffs? Jamal, average 2.7, or Donovan Mitchell, 3.3? Donovan. Gordon, you go. It's Donovan. And that's just because Donovan is on an MVP, I'm the guy, total usage, crazy streak. And Murray's going to have games where he does that, and he's going to have games where he definitely does not do that. What I loved about the most recent games is, um, is Murray's willingness to give the shot to MPJ and Jogic's willingness to look for MPJ. That we have a third guy. We've worked him into the rotation. It took us freaking three years to do it. But finally, we realized that there's a guy who's never going to be really bringing the ball up more than a handful of times. We should probably make sure he gets the ball. And that wasn't happening, you know, a year ago, two years ago. That wasn't happening. And so the fact that it's happening now, I love that. Because it means that when Jamal's hot, just keep the ball, shoot, shoot the lights out. When you're not hot, find the other guy who's a crazy good shooter and, and help him out. Give him the ball a little bit, feed him. And so the Nuggets will be doing that. So I don't expect Jamal Murray's uh, three-point shot to be <laughs> as uh, high usage as I expect Donovan. As voluminous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine Jamal, Jamal Murray on the Cavs team, uh, how much he'd be chucking, right? Oh, uh, yeah. And so I, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell doesn't have anybody like like Jovic to put a check on that. Uh, so uh, yeah, Donovan Mitchell doesn't have anybody to do that. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be serving him up, and, and we've seen what Mitchell does in the playoffs. So oh, I have I to imagine he'll get it, the yeah. volume up, you know. Yep, it'll be high percentage volume. Percentage-wise, though, you know, percentage-wise, I'll, I'll probably take Murray still. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the worst thing for the neutral fans is the fact, I mean, it could happen in the finals, but if it doesn't, it's so sad that we won't be seeing Jamal guarding Donovan and Donovan guarding yeah. Jamal again. I, I <laughs> that, wish, was, that was uh, a piece of it as well. That was the fun thing about Donovan being in the West, <laughs> was watching those two guys just go on each other. 
Yep. Yeah. Man, I rewatched the you know, one of the artists out there, a Japanese artist named Shion, did like a whole anime like manga series of of that matchup, and I was looking at that last night, just reminiscing on how fun that was. It was good stuff. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, do you have anything uh, fresh and exciting in your store to promote? This is. Oh uh, gosh, no. You know, um, I'm pretty. Uh, it's it's still a hobby, so you know, I'm, I, I kind of throw things up there as I please. I'm working on this uh, Super Nintendo entire basketball, Super Nicola entire basketball system uh, hat, but I got I've got to do some reviews <laughs> first before I get it up there. Um, <laughs> And, but uh, th- there's plenty of uh, uh, classics up there that, that people seem to, to rediscover every you know couple of months. So by all means, check it out. Uh, if you Google Lurk Designs, L-U-R-K, you should be able to find it just fine. Gordon, can you promise us the, the return of the Pickaxe podcast soon? I, I can't speak. I can't speak for Zach. I will say that Zach and I will, are in conversation about it or will be. And then that I he may find out from this podcast that he and I are doing that. But that's OK. <laughs> um i have voluntold him that this is going to happen and uh and we'll make sure that we can at least get some some good playoff stuff up this well, was very we'll, fun we'll be looking forward to it yeah this this was very fun guys thank you again big thank you invite yeah big, thank yeah, you appreciate everybody it, yeah, you're, you're the best out there man um it's an honor to be on here with you and i really appreciate what uh, you both bring uh to the nugget sphere out there so it's truly an honor nice words thank you very much Thank you to everybody who stayed with us all the way to this sentence. You are awesome human beings. See you again in a couple of weeks and go Nuggets.